Hello, and welcome to the Once Again Podcast. We are your hosts, Ashley and Jason. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the 1818 novel Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. This was originally planned to be in celebration of the spooky season, but due to unforeseen circumstances, we are now recording it for National Novel Writing Month. So bring new life into your creation, become disgusted with your work and immediately reject it, become shocked and horrified at the results of your creation, and enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. I'm going to interrupt here to talk about not a National Novel Writing Month a little bit, uh, NaNoWriMo in its short form. Uh, I've been participating in it since like 2007, but it's definitely been going on since like 2004, 2005, if I remember. Um, it's basically an uh, entire month where a lot of people just choose to try and write novels in a month, which amounts to 50,000 words. In case you're wondering, that's 1,667 words a day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, like I said, I've done it a bunch of times. I'm very passionate about it. I know a lot of other writers are very passionate about it. Like, we get nothing out of doing this. It's just for the fun and bragging rights of being like, yeah, I wrote that amount of words in a month like a crazy person. And I'm sure all my fellow writers out there appreciate just being acknowledged that they're doing this right now. I know a lot of people that are already trust down it's only day two so come find us at the end of the month so if you follow me i follow any of us on social media you might see it you might see all of our craziness but uh we're gonna read some novels and they probably all fall within that kind of fifty thousand word range to be honest because that's about 150 to 200 pages and all the stuff we're reading is for this month is pretty short i would say yeah Minus the Britney memoir, that's uh, a little longer, I think. Yeah. I do believe that's closer to 300 pages, but... Well, I listened to it on Audible, and it was short on that, so <laughs> I don't know. Um, I listened to most of these on Audible. I've read Frankenstein before. I have it somewhere over there, but I listened to it on Audible to refresh my memory about it. Um, which, honestly, uh, the narrator on the Audible version, Dan Stevens, does a fantastic job. He has very different voices for uh, Frankenstein and the creature, and also has a different voice for uh, Walton, I think. If yeah. I'm, yeah, I, I can't remember, um, but I have it listed later. I have the characters listed because I had to keep straight who was who in it. And then the women in the novel just have girl voice. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of, it, that, that happens a lot with, with male, uh, you know, voice actors. When they have a female character, it's just girl voice. But so, yeah, uh, Frankenstein, or the modern Prometheus, tells the story of Victor Frankenstein, a young scientist who creates a sapient creature in an unorthodox scientific experiment. Now, the thing about Frankenstein, uh, one of the reasons that we were going to do this for Halloween, but we were doing it now not only because it's a novel, but what Frankenstein the novel is, is very different from what pop culture Things Puts for, Frankenstein yeah. Is, yeah. And I know that has a lot to do with the 1932 or whatever movie um, uh, with Boris, whatever his name is, as the as the creature. But that's popular culture, what Frankenstein is. Uh, Frankenstein's very... De- he's not a doctor. Um, the experiment's not done at a castle. Like, no. Like, it, it's, a, it's very, di- very, very different. It's like a young student who's like, I think I know what I'm doing. Yeah, and mind you, I haven't seen every frankenstein movie out there because there's a billion of them evidently the one with de niro playing the monster is the most true to mary Sher- Sh- uh, shelley's novel in fact it's called Mar- mary shelley's frankenstein 
That being said, it does also take liberties with the story. I haven't seen it myself, but evidently that's the closest to the actual novel itself. Uh, I have a bit of uh, background information about Mary Shelley, um, and I'm going to share that now, I guess. Um, Go right ahead. Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley, uh, born the 30th of August, 1797, and died the 1st of February, 1851. She was an English novelist who wrote uh, the gothic novel Frankenstein or the Modern Prometheus in 1818, which is considered an early example of science fiction. She also edited and promoted the works of her husband, the romantic poet and philosopher Percy Shelley. Her father was the political philosopher William Godwin, and her mother was the philosopher and women's rights uh, advocate Mary Wollstonecraft who was also a very accomplished writer in her own way. Mary's mother died 11 days after giving birth to her, I believe from scarlet fever. Um, She was raised by her father, who provided her with a rich, if informal, education, encouraging her to adhere to his own anarchist political theories. When she was four, her father married a neighbor, Mary Jane Claremont, with whom Mary uh, came to have a troubled relationship with. I'm sorry for all the Marys. It was just a very common name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, In 1814, uh, Mary, Mary Shelley, that is, who was 16 years old at the time, began a romantic uh, relationship with one of her father's political followers, Percy Shelley, who was 21 at the time, and also already married. Together with her stepsister, uh, Claire Claremont, she and Percy left for France and traveled through Europe. Upon their return to England, Mary was pregnant with Percy's child. Over the next two years, she and Percy faced ostracism, constant debt, and, and uh, constant debt, constant debt, and the death of their premature-born daughter. They married in late 1816 after the suicide of Percy Shelley's first wife, Harriet. In 1816, the couple and Mary's stepsister famously spent a summer with Lord Lord Byron and John William Polidori, Polidori, near Geneva, Switzerland, where where Shelley conceived the idea for her novel Frankenstein. Uh, Evidently, there's an actual castle Frankenstein in Geneva, but Mm -hmm. she claimed not to get the name from that, so I don't don't know. (laughs) But... Uh, the Shelleys left Britain in 1818 for Italy, where their second and third children died before Shelley gave birth uh, to her. Died before Shelley gave birth to her last and only surviving child, Percy Florence Shelley. In 1822, her husband drowned while he was sailing, uh, while his sailing boat sank during a storm near Variago. Varaggio. Varaggio. Thank you. I'm very bad with names. Um, <laughs> a year later, Shelley returned to England and from then on devoted herself to the upbringing of her son and a career as a professional author. The last decade of her life life was dodged by illness, most likely caused by the, by the brain tumor which killed her at the age of 53. Until the 1970s, Shelley was mostly known for her efforts to publish her husband's works and for her novel Frankenstein which remains widely read and has inspired many theatrical and film adaptations. Recent scholarship has yielded a more comprehensive view of Shelley's achievements. Scholars have shown increasing interest in her literary output, particularly in her novels, which include the historical novels Valperga in 1823, Perkin Warbet in 
Perkin Warbeck in 1830, the apocalyptic novel The Last Man in 1826, and her final two novels The Door in 1835 and Faulkner in 1837. Shelley's works often argue uh, that cooperation and sympathy, particularly as practiced by women in the family, were the ways to reform civil society. This view was a direct challenge to the uh, individualist, individualistic romantic ethos promoted by Percy Shelley and the Enlightenment political theories art articulated by her father, William God uh, Godwin. You left out my favorite Mary Shelley fact, and the I'm fact, so disin... You want me to... <laughs> you she, know what she, I'm talking about. She lost her virginity to Percy Shelley on her mother's graveyard. <laughs> no, or on her mother's grave. That's Yeah. How that's where you. the two of them used to meet in secret uh, in her, at her mother's grave. And that's where she lost her virginity to him, on top of the grave. Um, yeah, it's very... <laughs> when, yes, it's very morbid. Um, but that's, that's something that comes up in the... Like, I have the themes of Frankenstein later on after the summary and everything like that. <laughs> For me, the biggest theme is familial relationships mm -hmm. and like abandonment and everything. And when, when your mother passes away and not that you're responsible for it because she was just born, but it, it is what ultimately caused her mother to die. Like, cause that, mm -hmm. that's just what happened back in the day. 50% of all births used to end in the mother dying. Like, I imagine she grew... I, I, don't, I didn't know Mary Shelley, obviously, but I imagine she grew up with some abandonment issues uh, and not having a good relationship with her stepmother and everything like that and her father being a crazy person like he was. Um, I, I, not that all anarchists are crazy, but, you know, they mostly are. <laughs> but uh, let, let's, let's dive into the textual background information that I have here. Um, Shelley started writing the story when she was 18, and the first edition was uh, was published anonymously in London on the 1st of January, 1818, when she was 20. Her name first appeared in the second edition, which was published in Paris in 1821. Uh, Shelley traveled th uh, through Europe in 1815, moving along the River Rhine in Germany and stopping in Gernsheim, uh, 17 kilometers for those of you who use the metric system, or 11 miles, like the correct way to use it in the mm -hmm. <laughs> Away from Frankenstein Castle, where two centuries before, an alchemist had engaged in experiments. Uh, she then journeyed to the region of Geneva, Switzerland, where much of the story takes place. Galvanism and the occult ideas were topics of conversation for her companions, uh, particularly for her lover and future husband, Percy Shelley. In 1816... Mary Percy, John uh, Polidori, thank you, and Lord Byron had a competition to see who wrote the best horror story. After thinking for days, Shelley was inspired to write Frankenstein after imagining a scientist who created life and was horrified by what he had made. Though Frankenstein is uh, infused with elements of the Gothic novel and ro the Romantic movement, literary cri critics have argued uh, for it as the first true science fiction story. In contrast to previous stories with fantastical elements resembling those of later science fiction, the central character makes a deliberate decision and turns to modern experiment in the laboratory to achieve his fantastic results. The novel has had a considerable influence on literature and on pop culture, 
It has spawned a complete genre of horror films, stories, and plays. Since the public, uh, publication of the novel, the name Frankenstein has often been used erroneously to refer to the monster rather than his creator slash father. And then I also have some textual facts here, uh, just some quick ones. The author is Mary Shelley. It was published in England. It, the language was English. Uh, the genres include uh, gothic novel, literary fiction, horror fiction, and science fiction. The setting for the story is England, Ireland, Italy, France, Scotland, Switzerland, Russia, Germany, all in the late 18th century. It was published on the 1st of January, 1818, 205 years ago. So this is your only spoiler warning for, the, for this 205-year-old <laughs> novel. Um, and the publisher was Lackington, Hughes, ha uh, Harding, Maver, and Jones. It was 280 pages. The Dewey Decimal number is 200 is 823.7 and the library of congress classification is pr 5397 f7 <laughs> um and as i mentioned before the audible audiobook is narrated by dan stevens and has a length of eight hours and 35 minutes so let's dive into the story um we start off with captain walton and he's the uh narrator of the first two chapters i believe and he's setting up that he wants to be a writer, but he's not clever enough. It's one of those ways that writers at this but he's time also, period... Yes, and he's also, like, setting up, like, I'm reading to my sister. Yes. And he's setting up... It's a... It's very much a story within a story that we're a, hearing. Apostemal? Epistemal? Yes. A series of letters? Yes, story. Yeah. That is what they yes, call it. thank you. I couldn't think of what it was called. Um... Oh, it's right here. It's a epistolary form. Yeah, um, but you knew it right off the but top. But I did. Of your head. It's a yeah. very common form around this time. Yeah. I mean, Frank, uh, Dracula's, Dracula's the same way. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of Gothic novels. Yeah. Are like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's also a way for the writer. This is great, but it's a way for the writer to say, "Hey, I'm not that great of a writer. Here's why. It's through this character's voice." Blah blah blah. So if you have, but the the narration shifts and. While these might, two opening chapters might be written, not poorly, but more common language, Frankenstein uses fan fancy language when it shifts to him, mm -hmm. and then the creature uses even fancier language when it yeah. shifts to him, uh, narrating the story. Also, what I will say, like, straight off the bat, this book is so gay, and I did not know that, and I was just reading the whole thing. Wait, the whole looking for a companion thing? Like, yes! Is that, okay. is that what you're referring to? Yes! Everybody looking for their ma other males, looking for their male companions, yeah. their bestest buddies, if you yeah. will. And I'm like, I I've heard people say this is very, like, gay-coded, well, and I'm like, oh, I, is this coded? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> this this Walt Walton character who wanted to be a writer but isn't that clever, so he decides to sail on a ship with a bunch of other men and, and, then, and look for and, a companion. Yes, where yeah. he's <laughs> lamenting to his sister, like, ah, I need someone, but he not, doesn't need a female, he just needs a male companion. Yes, yeah. I have more to say later on the gay agenda, there's a lot of it here. Great for it, let me tell you, um, that's probably because, you know, I'm pretty sure Percy Shelley was probably also a little swaying both ways. I think, so. I, I couldn't remember if this is true, but I I didn't look into it, but I think him and Mary Shelley, today we would just call them swingers. Yes. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why her stepsister also came with them on their trip throughout Europe. Probably. If um, I remember correctly, yes. Yeah. Like, um, 
So, a lot of those romantic era poets, uh, very free love, yeah, both know, ways, yeah, yeah, preferred male company. They had wife, you know, it's a lot of. They had upside down on. pineapples outside their. Yeah, there was a lot of upside yeah. down pineapples in <laughs> yeah, that tent. Yeah, um, but uh, but, yeah, it's very coded in this book. I think that way, yeah. like it's very like. It's not expressly said, but man, if like the pining for. I need a companion who has similar thoughts to me. Why can't I just meet a man that has similar thoughts to me? Men men nursing other men who are feeling frail and everything. We'll we'll get to it. Like, honestly, the only person that, like, pines for a woman is the monster himself. Everyone else is very, like, I just pine for companionship. Because even even Victor's relationship with his future bride is more of a, of course this is going to happen. Oh, yeah, like he's definitely in, yeah. lo- in love with Chevelle. Like, yeah. that's how it feels. Yeah. Like, he's like, but Henry. Yeah. I love Henry. Yeah. Henry is my companion in life. Yeah. Um, although there's also a very weird line between, uh, in the peasant family, but mm-hmm. about, um, so the old man's playing music, mm-hmm. that the monster talks, the old man's playing music, and then he has a line, I can't remember the exact line, but it's something to the effect of the other two characters go off and do what they do. But they're also a brother and sister, so it's a little like, oh, what is happening with them right now? Like, like they're and it, and that's what makes the monster long for a companion of his own, like a female companion. Well, we'll get into it. But so the first two chapters are from Walton, um, and they're up in the Arctic. They're they're kind of tra- in the ship. They're kind of trapped by the ice, mm-hmm. and while they're trapped, they notice an enormous being riding um, a sled, a sled drawn by eight dogs. And they're like, what is that? And, like, the being disappears as quickly as it appeared to them. And then the next day, they see a normal-sized man with only one dog, because all the other and dogs... Like, are, and he's, like, about to die, basically. Yeah, and they bring him onto the ship, and he nurses... Uh, he refuses to get on the ship at first, too. Yes. And, like... And he's like, no. like, He's like, I don't want to unless you're going further north. And they're yeah. like, don't worry, buddy, we're not heading back to London yet. Like, yeah. we're good. And he's like, great, I'll get on the ship. Yeah. And then they're nursing him back to health, and Walton's like... Dear sister, you'll never believe that he's such a great man. Yeah. I think, like, this man is my new companion. I'm going to make him my friend. Yeah. Like, and here's the story that he told me. And then, <laughs> and then, like, the end of his, like, little section is like, I am aghast. Yeah. Like, this story is fantastical, I must tell you, sister. Yeah. The gossip train is real. So we, we then switch to Victor Frankenstein, and he recaps his life. Uh, for a long time, he was the only child of his parents. And then... They had another child when Victor was much older, and then they found a little girl on the street. When he was and, little, yeah, they yeah. basically, like, found her in, like, some, like, peasant's house, and they were like, I like the pretty little girl. Yeah. And the parents were like, oh, yes, she's not really ours anyway. Yeah. We're just, we, she's adopted by us. And yeah. and basically his parents were like, let us adopt her. She's too pretty to be your child. Yeah. <laughs> like. And, um... <laughs> And Victor's growing up, and everything's perfect in his family. It's this wonderful, idyllic setting in Geneva. And Victor uh, is obsessed with philosophy, as he puts yes. it. And um, he wants to study it more. And he goes to university in Germany, I believe. I can't remember yes, if it's I Germany so. or England. But he goes to the university, and he's studying. And when he gets there, he realizes, when he's talking to his professors... That all the philosophers that he has, that he studied are thousands of years old, and nobody like yeah, they're nobody like, cares anyway. They're like, why were you yeah, studying that? Yeah, like, and he's like, okay, so I'll start learning the new sciences, but also incorporate it into what I want to do, which is to create life. Like that's I want to. 
brings something that was dead back mm. into into living. And he does it on worms, I think, first and is successful on it. And then he gets the idea. He's like, okay, so what I have to do now is build a gi- gigantic body made out of several body parts. Um, yep. Which is something to, like, is it all strictly human? We don't really know. Um, good, good thought. Yeah. He, he does say before he brings life to the creature that it's the most beautiful thing he's ever seen. And then immediately after bringing it alive, he's like, oh, it's gross. Get rid of it. <laughs> like, and yeah. a bit, like a bit, he leaves, he leaves it, he does this in his dormitory. Uh, Which is the funniest yeah. thing. Yeah, it's not a science lab. It's not a castle. Like, he does it in his yes, dormitory. He, he, uh... And his reaction is, ew, it's gross. And, and he runs he away. And he leaves his room. <laughs> and then he walks outside, and who is there? But his best childhood friend, Henry Cheval, just yeah. there. Because his best friend's like, hey, man, I was... What a quinky dink. I'm yeah. here to try and find you, because... Like, not me and your family haven't heard from you in a couple weeks, and we were kind of worried. Thought you might be dead or something. Like, yeah. And, um... He's like, no, I don't feel well, though, and faints. And he so, instantly is sick. Yeah. Like, and, she, and then they go back upstairs, and the monster's gone. And yeah. he's like, okay, whatever, cool, monster's gone. Yeah. Screw that thing. Yeah. And Cheval, Henry's spending months taking care of Victor and getting him better, because he's having fainting spells, and he can't get over what he did yes. and everything like that. And basically, when he finally does recover, he gets a letter from home saying that his brother William has died. Murdered. Yeah, it was murdered. And he's like, oh, no, that's that's awful. Um, I have to I have to go back home. And like when he gets back home, he sees that the monsters in the woods. Like, yeah. He reala- and, like he's, he- and he's like, oh, my God, it's the monster that did like it's the creature that yes. did it. I keep calling it the monster because that's generally what it's called. But it's a creature, not necessarily a monster. It is a monster. A too. humanoid creature. <laughs> but, yeah. But um, he and their other friend slash adopted sister, who I forgot to mention, the monster has framed her for the Oh, not, not a friend. It's like a... Nanny. Yeah, nanny. Like, the nanny was framed. Yeah, she's she's framed for the murder of And basically William. says, yeah, I did it. And yeah. he's like, but I know you didn't. And yeah. like... Oh, his mother has also died, but that was unrelated. Unrelated. It, it just made him very yeah. depressed when his mother died. Um, and so, eventually... Uh, I'm trying to remember how the events proceed, but Victor confronts the monster... And the monsters... The mon- uh, hold on. He, yeah. yeah, he's hiking through the mountains and he's approached by the creature. Yeah. And then we get the creature's narrative about yeah. what it's been up to yeah. and what, like, led to the events. Yeah, he's like, he's like, hold on, before you judge... Because, like, Victor gets it into his mind. He's like, I brought it into... I brought it to life. I have to end it. Mm-hmm. And, or it's going to end me. Like, yes. one or the other. Like I, Because I, it is this great monstrous yeah. thing. Because neither one can survive while the other yes. one lives. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, but... He's, so, he confronts it, and the monster's like, hold on. Like, First very off, articulate, aren't like... You, aren't you shocked that I can speak? Like, <laughs> yeah. I am articulate. And, like... I'm, and I'm speaking in French, of all languages. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and uh, he's like, now let me tell you what happened. And he gives this long story about... How at first everything like everything was so bright and it bothered him and sounds bothered him and everything and he didn't and he ran into people and like they would fear like you know run away from him and he just hid in the woods and hid found this abandoned like structure cottage whatever and he was surviving on nuts and berries and yeah like he didn't have to actually eat like real real mouse food and then he had grown fond of this family that he was watching yeah which was an old blind man Um, I have a list here. The old blind man's name is uh, DeLacy. He has a son, Felix, and a daughter, Agatha. Yes. And they speak French. There's also, 
oh, I can't remember his name now, and I didn't write down the character's name, but he's a Turkish uh, character who they're teaching French too. So yes, and, yes, yes. So that's how the monster uh, the, also well, learns. Well, it's also because it's the uh, French Revolution, like or something. Sadie, the girl that Felix is dating. And yes. Then, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and so that's how he learns to speak and read and everything yeah, like that. And he happens. Sure. Going down. Oh, sorry. He happens to come across uh, some books, one of them being Paradise Lost. And he, previously in the novel, Victor has a, uh, thought of the monster as a new Adam, like he's bringing new mm-hmm. life and everything. Here and the, has written like notes about it. So yeah. like the creature eventually, once he learns to speak and learns to read, is able to read these notes and he kind of realizes like... I'm not Adam, I'm, I'm Lucifer. Yeah, but also yeah. kind of realizes like, oh, this is how I was born because he was confused like why does he not have a family the way these people do? And yeah. then he's like, oh, because I was created. Right. And then uh, one night while the rest of the family is gone, the creature says, okay, I'm going to introduce myself to the blind man because he's my best shot at being, like, I've been doing things, like, I've been chopping wood for this family and leaving it on their front porch. I've been clearing the snow out of their path, like, yes. unbeknownst to them at night when they're sleeping. I'm doing all yes. these things for them. Uh, I'm going to introduce myself to the blind man. And it sort of works, and he's, like, trying to explain and starts telling the story when the rest of the family walks in. Yeah, and immediately attack him. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, like the, women, the two women faint. Yeah, and the son attacks him and starts beating him. The monster flees. Um, I believe he gets shot at some point, too, in the shoulder. I can't re- but eventually that wound heals. Um, and he says to Frankenstein, like, so what I want is a companion. Make someone like me. We'll move away to South America. And you'll never see never see us again. Or, don't do that, and I'll kill your whole family. <laughs> and, and Frankenstein's like, okay, that sounds fair. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll make you a companion, a female companion. What's funny also, he murdered William, by the way, because yeah. that was very interesting. It's like he just stumbled oh, yes. upon William, and he was like, ah, a child. Childs don't have biases already, so I'm going to talk to this child, and, it's gonna, and then the child's like, oh, I'm William Frankenstein. He's like... You are the child of my enemy. I must yeah. kill you. Because <laughs> like... he realizes, like, the notes from Frankenstein are in his pocket, like you said. <laughs> and he realizes, like, he has to go to Geneva, where Frankenstein's from. And yes. he stumbles upon William, like you said. And, like, he's like, yeah, you're the son of my enemy, blah, blah, blah. No, he doesn't realize it's the brother, but kills him. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Out, out of a jealous rage for being the rejected child and everything. And then he tells him, like, you know, if you make me a companion, we'll go away to South America and we'll live in the rainforest and no one will ever even know that we're there. And Victor's like, okay, that does seem fair. Like, I did reject you. And then he, like, can't convince himself to make it. But meanwhile, he has to go back to Scotland for some reason. I can't remember. He he has to... He's going back to Europe and he knows the monster is going to follow him while he's on this trip. Sure. Like, he promised Chevelle to, like, introduce him to people. So I think he's traveling with Chevelle. In that very, again, very gay-coded, those two are hanging out and having so much fun together. And you're like, isn't he engaged to Elizabeth and should be elsewhere? And he shouldn't be making a monster bride like yeah. what are we doing here so victor in the scottish highlands is where he, <laughs> he, he builds the bride and mm-hmm. right before he's about to bring it to life he goes what am i doing <laughs> like he's like he's like i already made one of these things and he killed a fam- member member of my family is responsible for the death of that person's nanny mm-hmm. like i i don't know what yes. to, and what if the two of them can breed together and breed a whole yeah. army of monsters and so he destroys the female companion. And obviously the monster the was monster following knows. and shows up and he's like, yeah. hey. and he's like, he's like, Hey, you can't do that. Yeah. Make my, like, you need to finish what you started. Yeah. I, and I, Victor's pretty much like, no. And he's like, well then 
I will be with you on your wedding night. Yeah. I will make your life a living hell, basically. Yes. And Richard's just like, whatever, man. Yeah. Bring and it on, I guess. Passes out again, I think. Yeah. And when he, he, the next day he gets in a boat and is sailing for, uh, down to, he wants to sail from Scotland to England, but passes out in the boat as well and ends up in Ireland where Chevelle was. Yes. And he arrives. And he arrives and a magistrate takes him in and we find yeah. out that the monster has already killed Chevelle. And like, framed Frankenstein for yes. it. But, um, but then it, uh, Victor's father shows up and reveals that Victor was here when Chevelle died and blah, blah, blah. So he couldn't have And then the they see the him. monster too and like Victor points out the monster at one point. Yeah. Um, and then goes back to Geneva, if I'm remembering correctly, um, is about to marry Elizabeth well, they do get married, because in the book it's very okay. specifically stated, like, his wife. So, yes. like, um, they do get married after his dad is very, like, you guys need to marry each other. Yeah. Right? And his dad keeps being like, there's nobody else, right? Yeah. And I'm like, there is somebody else. Her name is Chevelle. But... <laughs> well, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> but, like, early on when he was still alive. Like, now that my boyfriend's dead, I guess I will marry Elizabeth. <laughs> I guess I will marry Elizabeth. <laughs> but, but, uh... <laughs> That's how it felt. Yeah. So they get they get married and uh, the monster shows up on the wedding night and kills Elizabeth, and then Victor's father, from the shock of Elizabeth dying, also dies. Like, yes. Um, and then that's where Victor's like, "Oh, I swear, I'm going to kill the monster, um, and I'm going to spend and start spending the rest of his life hunting down the monster." The monster flees to Germany, to Russia, up into the Arctic, mm-hmm. and Victor follows him, and that's where we run into uh, Captain Walton and everything. And on the ship, Victor eventually dies. Like, he succumbs mm-hmm. to hypothermia or whatever it is. He eventually yeah. dies from exhaustion, maybe, whatever it is. And uh, Walton's upset about this. And that night, the monster shows up on the ship lamenting over the body of Victor. Yes. And he's like, I, I can't, like, I, I didn't expect this to happen. I'm so sorry that this happened. I, I knew that it was either going to be him or me, but I never actually thought that it would happen, blah, blah, blah. All right, I'm going to take his body and bury it in the snow. And then I'm going to light myself on fire and kill myself. <laughs> like, yeah. pretty much what the monster says. And takes Victor's body. And th- that's kind of how it concludes. Is like, um, Cheve- uh, Walton, I said Chevelle, but Walton just watching the monster go off. And, like, that's pretty much how it ends. Yeah, Walton watches as the creature drifts away on an ice raft, never to be seen again. So we don't know if the creature actually kills itself or not, but presumably it does because he's very much like his father. <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, it's it's a very great novel. We summed it up very quickly, but it's it's a great novel. Uh, there's a lot of themes here. That I mean, I've... I feel like if we did every single section, we'd be here for like two hours talking about oh, a book. Easily, easily. Uh, one of the themes is dangerous knowledge. Obviously, very clear. Frankenstein was pursu- uh, pursuing things that he shouldn't have done. Sublime. And how many people tell him, like, yeah. oh, why are you reading about those philosophers? Like, why are you studying that? Yeah. Like, Sublime nature that I said, uh, Victor's early life in Geneva and even the monster living in that idealistic situation with, mm-hmm. the, like, the family and everything. No. Monstrosity, obviously a very big theme. Secrecy, very big theme. Uh, I don't know why text. Oh, text, because influences, like, uh, Paradise Lost and other things that are yes. mentioned in it. Uh, family. For me, the biggest uh, thing of the story, like the relationship. Oh, with, yeah. With, it's totally about the relationship between father and son. Being abandoned. everything, the, the, Family, yeah. Obligations, like your ties, your responsibilities to your children and everything. Alienation. Even in the sense that, like, Frankenstein is alone at college, like, alone mm-hmm. at school. Mm-hmm. Everybody's kind of has their own aloneliness. Like, Elizabeth laments being alone. Walton is alone on the boat. Yes, very much. Ambition. 
Frankenstein, uh, the creature, and Walton, like you mentioned. Uh, but th- that, that, those were the big well, things. This is, the reason why Frankenstein even tells him Walton this story is because he's like, I see that you are a man who wants to learn and do great things, and yeah. I once felt that way, and I will tell you how what happened to me, what has led to me being on this boat with you. Also, I think... It's not a good story. And Frankenstein thinks that he's going to die, too, and he wants yes. to make sure someone's there to kill the creature. <laughs> like, kill the monster. Yeah, yeah. Kill the beast. <laughs> kill the beast. But you, it's, you wanted to talk more about the queer coding, or, or... No, I mean, I think I mentioned it a lot enough. All right. All right. Um, it's th- definitely there, and I, like I said, I've definitely heard that a lot before. And, and again, it's... I didn't realize this book had the was told from the perspective of a seaman. Like, didn't realize that was a thing. Like the Walton character, pleasantly surprised by his existence. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything <laughs> else you'd like to discuss about it? I don't know. I'm trying to think. I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting that it was written as basically Lord Byron being like, I'm challenging everybody, but write a book. Yeah. He was challenging them to write, and I'm challenging all of you to join National Novel Writing Month. There you go. It's all the same, and we're we're circling back around to it. All right. Perfect book to start out. (laughs) Lady Byron, thank you for that challenge. Um, oh, don't call me Lady Byron. I don't no. want to be that madman. I don't want to be any of those romantic era poets. They're all crazy. Oh, you're not wrong. Um, yeah. I'll stick to my own brand of crazy. I think if you haven't read this novel, you should check it out. It is very different from any of the Frankenstein movies that are out there. And very different from what in... Like, there's no mention of bolts in his neck. There's no lightning. That dr- no. Like, although he does have a brief line about electricity... <laughs> Or something like that. I can't remember exactly how it was said. But, uh, you know, there's no Igor or Igor if you're watching Young Frankenstein. Um, it's it's very different from what in the pop culture we think of when we think of Frankenstein. I wonder why those choices were originally like chosen. You know what I mean? Like, what led to those decisions being made? My best guess would be in the 1930s when they made that Boris Karlov, whatever the hell his name was, film. Mm-hmm. Uh, they already had a castle set. Okay. <laughs> and so they, like, my, my my best guess would be they had the sets for what they, and they just wrote the movie around that. Um, Fair. Yeah. Um, I don't know that for a fact, but that would be my guess. Um, and maybe at some point we'll check out the one that stars De Niro as the preacher. Maybe it is accurate to the book. We'll have to see. Online it said it was the most accurate to the book, so... Um, Although I can't, I, I, I'm trying to picture De Niro as the creature. Right. I, I, I'm just... <laughs> hey, Doc. Doc Frankenstein. Look at me. I'm talking to you. <laughs> like, like I, I you know, that's, that's what I'm hearing in my head. It's probably, you know, not that, but that's what I'm thinking. Um, but yeah, uh, Mary Shelley, very messed up life, wrote a great novel out of it. I guess several other novels. I don't know. I know... Oh, what is the other short one that she wrote that's obviously the... Mm, I can't think of it now. There's Go back up. My... No, 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 no. It's a short story. Uh, okay. It's like My Immortal Mortal. Or yes, some... my... yeah. I, think I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, and it's got similar themes to Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. This has been this week's episode of the Once Again Podcast. Although I might do two episodes this week. We'll have to see. Um, any questions, comments, or critiques can be addressed to our Gmail, onceagainpod at gmail.com. Follow us on X, Instagram, and threads at onceagainpod. Thank you and have a wonderful day. And remember, we will entertain you. We will always entertain you.